When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, well, we are now less than a week away from the NBA draft. Uh, I apparently set some people off with a trade proposal that I threw up on Twitter. Uh, So yeah, it's typical Thursday or Friday by the time you guys are listening to this. Happy Friday. So far this... uh, you know, rumors season or lying season, as as uh, I sometimes like to call it. So far this draft season, we have seen that the Lakers are leaning towards taking a pick at 17. We have heard that they are looking at trade scenarios as well. Uh, haven't heard much quite yet about them moving up in the draft. They don't really have the assets to do so. Um, and, and then today we got some uh, rumors and some whispers Uh, reports out there this time from Sam Vecini of uh, The Athletic saying that the Lakers are looking to trade back in the draft and pick up some cost-controlled talent uh, for for their futures. So um, the reason I say all of that is because, you know, in the next six days, by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, you are going to hear about every other scenario that the Lakers uh, could possibly do here. It behooves them to send out feelers, um, and and you know on the trade market, but which are going to be found out about and then reported. And it also behooves them to make it known that they really value this pick and that they're really looking at at players that they could uh, potentially grab there. Uh, you're, it, it also makes total sense for them to say that you know there might be enough players in this draft that. They want multiple bites at the apple and therefore might trade back and and see if maybe potentially the person that they were looking to draft at 17 falls to them and they're able to add somebody else in this draft as well. We also know that the Lakers like to buy second rounders uh, if, if that opportunity presents itself. And, you know, last year they did so and landed Max Christie, who is a really intriguing player for next season. Uh, he's kind of the prototype or the archetype that they are are really kind of missing on their roster, a kind of longer, quicker shooting guard, small forward type who plays solid defense and knocks down open jumpers. Uh, that it wouldn't surprise me if he gets like 10, 15 minutes, maybe even more a night next season. Uh, he was, he was that impressive last year. It's just that the Lakers, were pretty focused on turning their season around and you can't quite risk rookies in that high leverage a situation. Um, though sometimes it works out, right? We saw, we saw what Christian Brown did for the Denver Nuggets when, when he got 
the opportunity that he was uh, presented with. And, and I think with the way that this new CBA is written, uh, you're actually going to see a lot more younger players get more opportunities because the sooner that you can get them up and running in a part of your rotation, the longer that you have them productive and cost controlled, which allows you to do some other things across your roster. So, um, yeah, I, all of this is just to say that at this point, um, it's honestly not at all surprising what we have learned so far, what we have heard so far about what the Lakers are looking to do. They don't have the assets to move up. They probably see somebody that they would like to to grab at 17. And then they would also like to see if they would like to maybe gamble and see if that player falls to them wherever they uh, wind up trading down to and, uh, you know, create themselves an opportunity to get another cost-controlled player in this draft. And then, you know, of course the Lakers were just in the Western Conference Finals and would consider trading a contract in that number 17 pick for a player who maybe gets them over the hump if if that scenario presents itself. So this is lying season. Um, as, as we get closer to the draft, that's where, you know, you start hearing things a little bit more definitively. But right now, there's a whole bunch of smoke and there's a whole bunch of uh, people creating that smoke for the sake of, you know, learning what other teams might be able to do uh, next, you know, in, in, in the next few days. If you are interested in finding out or learning a little bit more about who the Lakers might be looking at if they stay at 15 or 17, um, I'm going to run through what mock drafts are kind of saying as of right now. And then um, also, if you want even more on that, uh, I recorded a really fun episode with Ricky O'Donnell last week on uh, the guys that he is looking at in that range or who fills, uh, fills certain needs here for the Lakers. But yeah, Jonathan uh, Gavoni of ESPN slash Draft Express um, wrote about Kason uh, Wallace of Kentucky, somebody that uh, Ricky and I spoke about. Um, he, you know, is a, gets after it defensively as a guard, not quite, you know, like the 6'6, six, 6'7 six, six, type guard that. I'm interested in, but, uh, you know, if you, if you've watched DeAnthony Melton play, that is, uh, kind of the, you know, one of the better case scenarios there for Wallace. Um, but here's what Gavoni actually wrote. So quote, Wallace measured better than expected at the draft, uh, combine, but appears to have a bit of a wider range on draft night than other lottery candidates. As some teams don't view him as a surefire point guard or primary creator and others question his scoring credentials. Still, there aren't many better defenders in this class than Wallace. His strong dimensions, comparable to multi-positional guards like the Anthony Melton, Bruce Brown, and Tyrese Maxey, give him significant versatility to tap into when paired with this with his excellent instincts and intensity level, especially when surrounded with talent on a playoff team, which he would be if the Lakers drafted him. Uh, here's the one thing, though, right? All of that versatility talk is a really fun way of just saying combo guard. And I'm sorry I have had my fill of combo guards for the foreseeable future. The Lakers already have, you know, decisions to be made on Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. 
We know that they're going to be interested in Chris Paul if he is traded and or bought out. Um, we also know that they have Malik Beasley, who they have a, a team option with, though Eric Pincus said pretty matter-of-factly that Beasley likely won't be back, which made me wonder if that was a uh, if that was him saying that you know the Lakers. That's one way that the Lakers could cut costs, depending on some of their other moves. Um, but but yeah, I I just think you know unless the Lakers definitively aren't bringing back Russell and definitively aren't bringing back Beasley and definitively aren't bringing back uh, Lonnie Walker. I'm good on guards. That's that's plenty of guards. Go out and get some some longer players to uh, help you size up and bulk up against Denver, who is not getting any smaller next year. Um, Jonathan Wasserman of Bleacher Report says that uh, Kobe Bufkin of Michigan is who the Lakers could potentially have their eye on. Um, Rob Polinka drafting a guy named Kobe makes a lot of sense. Uh, but here's what uh, Jonathan wrote again for Bleacher Report. There's a divide among scouts on Bufkin who has believers in his versatility and trajectory and skeptics over the eventual effectiveness of his creation, scooting, shooting, and physical tools. With D'Angelo Russell's future up in the air for the Lakers, Bufkin could provide some insurance and depth with his backward versatility, efficient finishing, three-level shot-making, and defensive instincts. Um yeah, I again, versatility, fun. Yeah, it's, that's one way of saying it. But combo guards could also be tweeners, and yeah, I, I he's uh, I he's certainly interesting, right? Um, the clips that I've seen have have certainly made Buffkin interesting, but uh, again, I'm I just don't think you need you need to prioritize creativity and ball handling with Austin Reeves and LeBron James already there. Um, you take the best player available and, and at the end of the day, that's what the Lakers historically do. But, uh, if you're, if you're really looking to replace D'Angelo Russell's creativity, I think you do that on the trade and or free agency market. Um, yeah, I, I, the, uh, let's see, let's do one more here of somebody. Um, we'll go Brian Kalbrowski of, of, for the win quote. Although he struggled to stay healthy uh, and wasn't particularly efficient during his one-and-done season in Arkansas, the upside for Nick Smith Jr. is still very high. With a clean slate from injuries, it's worth betting on his development uh, that Smith could make a return to the player he was as a McDonald's All-American at number and the number one overall recruit coming out of high school. Drafting Smith, who is re- represented by Clutch Sports, would be a worthwhile home run swing for the Lakers. Um, this is the kind of guy that you draft if if uh, you really believe in uh, Phil Handy and his ability to, um, you know, get the most out of players. And and it's not just Phil Handy, right? The Lakers have really beefed up their development uh, staff, and they, you know, that's going to be something that they are going to be leaning on here moving forward. But, uh, yeah, I I, you know, it's an interesting one, and, and anytime somebody is represented by clutch and could be anywhere in the range that the Lakers might be drafting at, um, that is worth paying attention to there. So that's just like a few names as of right now, as we get closer to the draft, I'll dig a little bit more into some of the guys that the Lakers could potentially be interested in. Um, just right now, it's so early 
in these things. They're already they're they're going through workouts, and and you know I'm going to keep bringing draft people on here uh, to talk more about this. But uh, yeah, I, I just think with uh, with where we are right now in the the draft rumors cycle, it's really difficult to to pin down anything of note. And most of this mock draft stuff is is educated educated guessing that gives you a preview of like a range of players, but that that's about you know even where we stand right now. Um, even that is really difficult to do. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, you've waited long enough. Uh, I am going to explain myself, um, folks on the internet. Not all that thrilled. Well, it's funny. It's been kind of a spectrum in the response to this uh, trade proposal that I that I threw up on there. But essentially, it's um, in reality what it would probably be is D'Angelo Russell signed and traded at like twenty five million, uh, and then added with say Mo Bamba's contract, which would immediately be waived. Um, whenever he arrives there in Brooklyn and the return for that would be Ben Simmons. And, you know, you can go either way as far as like draft return, right? If the, if the nets are interested in including maybe a a second or a couple seconds, cool. Um, I know the, the, the Lakers again are looking to give themselves more opportunities here. And then, you know, the other thing, and I'm going to write about this at some point, with a little bit more detail, but um, I can understand why people would react poorly to it, right? Ben Simmons' stock is about as low as anybody's in the league right now. Um, We haven't seen him play in forever. The last time we did see him play in high leverage games, he was pretty clearly kind of scared of the moment. So, you know, that's that's really hard for people to forget about. and even that said, even with that said, another guy whose stock is a little low right now is D'Angelo Russell because we saw how he looked in the last high leverage moment that we saw him. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure there are people in Brooklyn who, if they saw that trade, would be like, no, probably not. We're good here. Um, and uh, so like the, the, the spectrum of responses to it, I, I completely understand the thinking for me behind it is, uh, the Lakers, I, I again, are really going to need, um, a, a lot more perimeter muscle than they currently have on their roster. And, uh, Ben Simmons for everything that drives people insane about him. And there's a lot, I get it. Um, but when he's right, he is legitimately one of the better defenders at his position in the NBA, like top 10, I would say at his position, maybe even five or seven. Um, and, and, and some would put him even higher, um, when he was really, really playing well on that end of the court. Um, he's also really good at creating, uh, three point opportunities, something that, 
the Lakers and Darvin Ham really value. He is fantastic in the short roll. If you can convince him to be that kind of a player, um, and that and that allows you know some you know uh, maybe with the second unit, he kind of handles the the offense from that position, um, and and then in the open court, again you know with his ability to he's like six he's a solid like six eight six nine maybe even six ten, um, he jumps well, and that means like he can rebound and go, or because of the defender that he is both off the ball and on it. Um, he's going to hand it, have his hand in passing lanes and, and every time he gets a deflection that goes to a, a player for a steal or he gets a steal himself, that is probably going to be a bucket on the other end as well. So like I know I, and trust me, I am not the biggest fan of Ben Simmons game either, right? The, the holes are, are glaring. He does not shoot, um, not just from three point range, but like just in general, he just, you just never really feel like you know game in, game out if he is going to be any kind of um, aggressive. And more often than not, you know that he's not going to be aggressive, right? So uh, that is, you know, in the Lakers, because Anthony Davis doesn't shoot the ball very well, because LeBron isn't like a typical um, floor spacer. And the last time we saw LeBron, he was just abysmal from from deep. Um Reeves does space the floor. If Rui shoots anywhere near how he shot in the playoffs, uh, he can kind of space the floor. Uh, but but the Lakers, as currently constituted, just don't have enough shooting um, with their best lineups to make room for Ben Simmons, and certainly not at the $37 million contract number that he is going to be carrying into next year. So... Um, yeah, the, the reasons not to like it are are right there, and I completely understand it. My thinking is, and this is you know the, the last and really important point here to to keep in mind. One clutch, just like I said with uh, with Nick Smith Jr., but two, um, Rob Polinka really likes to buy low on high pedigree players. You know he he does like to go out and you know, see if he can find a player who, you know, maybe normally wouldn't be available for a variety of reasons and take advantage of that situation and bring in the player who, you know, in terms of just sheer talent level um, can be built up and outperform the amount that it costs to bring in that player, whether that is free agent money or trade assets. Like Rob Polinka likes to go out there and and see you know in terms of of just overall talent raw talent um how much talent he can put on the lakers roster sometimes to uh to he he over he over reaches in that regard and doesn't think about fit and doesn't think about um you know the likelihood that that player lives up to that that skill level um you know as as much as we like to talk about the the Caruso thing and how that was a result of the ownership being cheap. Um, it was also a matter of, from what I've been told, Rob Polinka not valuing Alex Caruso as a basketball player. And Caruso is the type of player that I think uh, Polinka has a bit of a blind spot for in, in that he's not like the high pedigree superstar who 
you know, can go out and win a game on his own. He's a role player who can be a lead at his role and, and is the kind of kind of kind of guy that you need, but isn't going to like wow somebody like Palenka, who has a history of working with stars as an agent, always is pursuing stars as an executive. And and you know, in this case with Ben Simmons, um, now the injury history is going to be what I think winds up scaring the Lakers away from Simmons, as well as how high his contract is. Would and, and the difficulties that come with that as the Lakers try to avoid uh, dipping into the second apron. But, but yeah, this is a guy who, because of the clutch connections and because of Rob Polinka's infatuation with just raw talent, um, yeah, I, I, it, it wouldn't absolutely knock me out of my chair to find out that the Lakers, over the next, not just week, but you know, maybe a few weeks as we head into free agency and stuff and trade season and all of that. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if we find out that the Lakers kind of kick the tires on Simmons just to see what it would take, what the contracts would look like, and what they would be able to do after bringing in uh, somebody with his high a number attached to him. Still, if I if I had a gun to my head and I was told like one way or the other, don't do it or do do it, like make a choice here, I would probably still say don't do it. Uh, the The injury stuff is really uh, terrifying. It, it it hasn't always seemed like Ben Simmons has a real passion for the game, and um, that is not the kind of player that I like to attach myself to at the number that he is attached to. So uh, personally, I wouldn't do it, but for internet fodder on a Wednesday afternoon. You're goddamn right. I threw it out there. <laughs> All right. Last little thing here, uh, before we send you on your way, I'm going to be having a conversation with somebody here in a little bit by the time you guys are listening to this, but, uh, some kind of cool news. Austin Reeves, uh, it reportedly signed a, uh, shoe deal with a Chinese, com- uh, shoe company, um, called Rigorer. And uh, that contract could be worth as much as, you know, seven figures per year, uh, which is great to hear. Uh, The shoes themselves are actually fairly nice. I don't know about the crosshairs emblem on them. I I just I don't really like what what that necessarily stands for. But but I I do think, though, that like it's, it's a fairly nice shoe. It's uh, really cool that this guy went from being undrafted, granted, like he asked to not be drafted, but still an undrafted or at best in that draft would have gone late second round. Um, so an undrafted guy works his ass off, proves himself, plays, continues to play really well and live up to every new high leverage moment that the Lakers went through this postseason and is now seeing the fruits of his labors. Uh it, for those who are interested, from everything I'm still hearing, uh, I think the likeliest outcome to his offseason is still that four-year, $56 million contract, which on top of this um, is a, is life-changing money. So, uh, you know, whether it's that kind of contract or a one-year prove-it contract that allows him to hit actual free agency next year, um, we'll see. But uh, but this right here, the, the shoes themselves are pretty slick. And uh, it's really cool to see Austin recognized in this way, um, which is pretty miraculous given where he started his career. 
All right, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Uh, again, uh, keep your eye on the feed as we get into uh, the afternoon here. I am going to be talking to somebody, um, friend of the show, for those interested, who uh, you know I, I always enjoy talking to, so check that out. And then, yeah, we are going to be enjoying a, a, a weekend. Uh, for me, it, it is uh, yet another Father's Day weekend, so I'm looking forward to that. To all of you dads out there, um, you know, enjoy this weekend. Be safe and all that stuff. Uh, to my own dad, love you, Pops. Don't really call you Pops. I don't even know why I said that. Love you, Dad. We'll talk to you guys soon.